That's it to right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds. Here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better all right, so with me today, you guys have heard him, I believe, twice now. This is part three of the times I get to interview him. Former Lowell Spinners, now Greensville Drive pitcher, Brendan Salucci. Brendan, what's good, my guy? What's good, man? It's great to be back. Thank you again for having me. Looking forward to getting down to it. Man, I got plenty of questions to ask you. But first, I want to, we talked a little bit before I hit the record button, but how does it feel to finally be back home? Uh, it feels great, man. I mean, it was it was a long season for sure. It's weird. Sometimes it feels like it flies by, but sometimes it feels like, man, I haven't been home for in forever. So great to see family, great to see friends. And uh, yeah, get take a little uh, break before we get back to it. Mm -hmm. Now, did you feel a little winded from the season considering we didn't have one last year? Did that like grind of the season catch up with you anytime throughout? Oh, for sure. It, it takes a toll on you. Um, one thing I was really thankful for was that they changed the schedule a little bit so we wouldn't be traveling every three days because that's something that really uh, makes the like hurts the body when, um, throughout a season is we would just travel on Mondays and uh, they wouldn't none of the bus rides would ever be that bad. So being able to be in the same place for like at least a week was something I was very grateful for. But at the same time, it's you're working your body hard every day. So after usually around like the 80 game mark, that's when you really start to feel it. And um, I mean, yeah, it's a grind, but being able to play the game every day is something that you can't, you can't hate. You got to love it. Mm -hmm. Man. And that's, um, I was just about to ask something. What was I, I can't remember. I'm already, Losing it. <laughs> so, for, uh, we finished your first season back since 2019. Now, yeah. I know I already messaged you about this before, but what was it like to finally be back on the field again and give me one word to kind of describe the season? Oh, uh, it, it, it was amazing. Uh, one uh, word. Uh, I remember I sent it back to you, but I, I, I kind of forget it. I, I think the best way to describe it was just that it was just – a lot of ups and downs. I mean, there, there are some days where you feel on top of the world and then there's some days that are hard, but I think the best part is just being able to weather the storm and uh, being able to understand that we learn from the mistakes that we go through. We learn from the adversity and we enjoy the moments that we're, we feel on top and we're, and we want to repeat them. So um, overall it was a, a lot, it was a great season, very grateful for, being able to stay healthy, stay through it, um, and, and get through the whole season. And, um, yeah, I, I, it, it was just awesome all around. I get that. Um, one of the questions that's popped in my head kind of, cause I know it's like such an insanely, um, strenuous season. It's very busy. You're playing, you know, six, five, six days a week. How much scouting goes into your opponents for each series? So at the beginning of every series, we go over a um, 
we go over a scouting report that they put together with us uh, for the hitters. Our pitching coach uh, works hard on those. We're like, for, like uh, he he takes the time off in his off days to put them together for us. So it's awesome going into it, and it really helps considering the fact that usually uh, because of these six day series or six game series, you're facing the same guys more than once, um, like uh, for like multiple times throughout the year. So being able to kind of kind of have that one up on them so you know as much as them as much as they've seen in you as well is something that was uh really important for us mm-hmm. yeah i was talking um back a while ago i was talking to um one of your teammates i'll tell you who after but after the camera stopped recording i told him i, I asked him i said do you have any idea who you're facing tonight because we did interview right in the morning before you guys had a game I'm like you have any idea who you're facing any idea in the picture he's like no, it's just another motherfucker. I got to get two hits off of. That was, <laughs> that was so. We'll talk. We'll talk a little bit in, in a little while about some of the guys on the team that um, that I'm kind of curious about. But mm-hmm. uh, next question I got is, what do you feel was the best part of your season? What did you improve on, and what do you feel still needs to work in your game plan? So I'll start with what needs I need to work on. And uh, that is definitely staying consistent. Um, there would be uh, a couple games where I'd be I'd feel like I was dominating. And uh, d- and during those games, that, that this is why uh, baseball is such a mentally taxing sport is just mm-hmm. when you when you're uh, when you feel like you're on top, you feel like you have to stay on top. You feel like you have to. OK, I pitched well last game. I have to pitch well this game. And that was where. Uh, things would kind of go down and go downhill is because when I, I, w- I would let it snowball sometimes as if I was having a bad outing, I wouldn't uh, take a step back. I'd be like, okay, I got to get out of this as fast as possible. And sometimes things would speed up on me a little bit. And um, I mean, like I said, that's just part of learning it. And uh, the other, another thing was just um, being able to be consistent with my slider. Some games uh, that it, it would be dominant, and some games, uh, guys would, guys knew I couldn't throw it for a strike, and they would just spit on it and watch it, and not even swing at it if it, if they saw the spin. Um, so yeah, there. I, I think the biggest thing that I need to work on, especially this off season, besides training, is just um, being able to control that slider and being able to throw it for a strike any time that I want. Now, how confident do you feel about your curveball? Because we we talked about this a little bit during the season, but. You posted one thing on your um, story where you hit this guy with a mean curveball, made him look made him look absolutely silly, and he was just like slamming his bat. How was that? <laughs> That's actually how- that that was actually my slider. I, oh, I don't throw. Yeah, I've thrown oh, okay. two. Cur- I threw two curveballs this year at the beginning two? of the year, and then I, yeah, just the entire year, just two. Um, but yeah, the, I, I like to throw a lot of fastballs, a lot of sliders. And when they're both on, there were some games where I felt like you can put Mike Trout in the box. He won't be able to hit me. So it's a great feeling. Just got to be more consistent with it. And that's how I'm trying to think if I can remember that right. Damn, your side has got a ton of break then. Jeez. Mm-hmm. But the last time you were on, you said you had um, some personal personal goals for the season uh, that mm-hmm. you want to accomplish. You didn't, you didn't say the goals, and I'm not going to ask you about those goals, mm-hmm. but I wanted to ask how much you feel you accomplished those goals throughout the year. I think 
Um, I mean, the ones that were statistical, um, I think I could have done better on. Um, most of them were kind of like, obviously I didn't want to put like a specific number because I would always have that number in my head when it came to something, but obviously wanted to work on some statistics, not walk a whole ton of guys, strike as a lot of guys out, those type of things. And, uh, one thing I was thankful for was that I, uh, I did strike out a lot of guys this year, which, which was, uh, great for me, but I also did walk a good amount as well, which is another thing I need to work on. So obviously take the good with the bad. I'm, I'm really grateful that there, uh, like there were some uh, great parts this year, but there's always more work to do. Mm -hmm. And for the people that don't know, you had a kind of crazy year when it came to striking out people like, um, in your strikeouts per nine, you almost had, you had 14.2 strikeouts per nine innings. Those are numbers that are comparable to, you know, Matt Barnes when he's on or Waldis Chapman. So those strikeouts are, I wouldn't say like a, the main source of your game, but how much do you feel that you're a strikeout pitcher versus wanting to be a hit to contact kind of guy? Does that kind of change on how you're feeling each game or do you have like a certain mindset of one or the other? I mean, when it comes down to it, um, I just want to get the guy out any way possible. Um, I think when I have my two pitches on and I'm commanding them well, um, that uh, I have a really good chance of not letting these guys put the ball in play. And um, that's not trying to sound cocky or anything. That's just believing in myself and being uh, confident in myself. And um, at the end of the day, all that matters is that all that I, all I want is for us to win and for us to put zeros up. It doesn't matter how they get out, but um, I'm not going to lie to you. Striking a guy out does feel pretty good. Uh, I don't blame you there. Now, you guys had a couple of great wins throughout the year, a couple of really intense walk-offs that I've seen mm -hmm. that ended with Greenville Drive Instagram stories of you screaming, don't let the drive get hot, stuff like that. Yeah. And, I mean, you guys finished with a pretty good record throughout the year. Almost, mm -hmm. It was 67-53. and 53, Yeah. Which still a very respectable record. How do you feel about – I wouldn't say necessarily the team because each of the guys can – move up in the organization and from some of the numbers mm -hmm. I've seen from you guys, I'm expecting quite a few people, including yourself to move up to the next level. But how do you feel about the guys that you were going to battle with each night? Um, I love the guys, man. And, and it was interesting because like you said, a lot of guys moved up. We got a lot of new guys, mm -hmm. but just like the people I was surrounded by were, were just, it was just such a great group of people. I mean, we would do everything together. We'd go out together, we'd eat together. Like, and it, it was, there was never like, uh, uh, there was never a time where I was like, oh, like, I, I don't like being around these people. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, we, we all had a great time together. We like in the bullpen, we all love talking to each other. We all, um, we, we all really enjoyed each other's company and it was, yeah, like I said, there was, it was a great group, uh, group to go to battle with every day. And one thing I was, I was so like, uh, also was just a great feeling was like knowing that when I came into a game, I, I don't have anything to worry about if the ball's put in play, I, I don't have like, I have all the confidence in the world with the people behind me, with the dude behind the plate and like when you, when you have that confidence in others, it helps the confidence in yourself, especially when you're uh, out on the mound pitching. Mm -hmm. And I think that does kind of having that trust 
in the seven guys behind you and the guy behind the plate really kind of goes into that aspect of being a little more confident pitching to contact. Mm-hmm. Not have to worry about striking every guy out. Is that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there was a, I, I remember there's been a couple plays this year where like, um, when, when I'll like uh, a guy will hit the ball off me and like Christian Koss will make like a great play or uh, my last game of the year, I uh, had guy on first and second and a, a fly ball is like about to drop in left field. And I'm like, Oh, is that about to be a run? And Dearden, Tyler Dearden comes in and slides and catches it and then doubles the guy up at second. It's just such a great feeling when you know, those guys have your back and will like go balls to the wall for you. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. So, kind of going into your teammates, I wanted to go through a few of your teammates who I've had the pleasure of sitting down and talking to, who I'd say mm-hmm. are friends of the show. And I want you to say either a funny story, a good moment with them, or something cool about them that you know. Yeah. So first, I want to go through one of your um, one of your reliever buddies, Zach Bryant. Zach Bryant. Oh. At that that Zach Bryant and I, it, it was interesting. Zach Bryant and I probably had the best relationship out of anyone I I, I was with this year. Um, he was my roommate in um, uh, in Greenville. Uh, we like did almost everything together. He's a great guy. He's uh, we, we he introduced his girlfriend to us. She's a great girl as well. Um, we, yeah, like, and that dude, like, uh, I had just met him this year when we went to spring training. Cause he came from the Cubs, obviously, mm-hmm. but like, there was always like a bond there. We, we, had, we liked the same things and all that. Yeah. I can tell that dude's going to be a very good friend for a very long time. Oh, when I sit down with him, I'm, um, I don't want to, if I will give away a spoiler for the fans, I'm going to have him on next week. I'm going to get sit down and talk with him too, but the first time I ended up sitting down and talking with him, he was a very, very humble guy, was so excited for the opportunity to be with this team. And uh, this interview was so long ago, but I can't wait to sit down and uh, talk with him again. He seems he seems like a really, really cool guy to hang out with. Somebody you can go oh, and grab for a sure. beer with. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the funniest thing is um, he's his his fastball is electric. Like it's it's insane. He uh yeah, I think when he first got drafted by the Cubs, he was like 89 to 92. Mm-hmm. And he hit a 98 this year. He hit we a were, 98? He hit a 98. Jesus. And we call it um, we call it the invisible fastball because he will literally go out there and throw nothing but fastballs and no one will touch him. Like it's the funniest oh thing. He did it for almost a month. He we got <laughs> um he got reliever of the month. Uh, oh, yeah, back I in, I think it was, e- I think it was either August or July and he got, he got reliever of the month and, uh, we were like, it's crazy. You can get reliever of the month, just throwing off fastballs. <laughs> it's just it obviously just jokes because the dude has a nasty slider as well, but yeah, it's, it's amazing just seeing that dude just go out and absolutely light up the radar gun. And these guys cannot touch him. It's, it's awesome. And I love it. Bro, that's some Araldis Chapman type shit. Right? Or not Chapman, uh, Mariano Rivera type shit right there. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. Dude, that's actually funny. So another guy that you talked just a little bit about who I got to interview once again while right after he was traded here, Christian Koss. Christian Koss is uh, 
Wow, he he's a character. First of all, that that guy is hilarious. He uh, he's always um, he's always up doing something like a little crazy and stuff. Like the first time I met him, I uh, I noticed his tattoos, and his ta- he has tattoos of like Star Wars, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, this seems like a pretty cool dude. And the one thing I will always say about Christian Koss is he goes balls to the wall. He sprints as hard as he can down to first base every time. And there's, I swear to you, he can go 0 for 4 in a game. And there will be one thing he does that is electric. Like he, like one thing that just makes you go, like, wow. Like that kid's a stud. And the, the funniest thing was the first time I ever noticed it. It was in one of our first games. And what happens is even in pro ball, a lot of miscommunication can happen when there's like a little flare and short oh, yeah. stops running out to catch it. And what Christian Koss does is if someone calls him off, he just falls right to the ground. <laughs> he does not, he doesn't move. He doesn't try to move because he doesn't want to hit anybody. And it's one of the smartest things I've ever seen because like he just, that because if he's where he is and the ball looks like it's going to keep going and someone else calls it, it's obviously not going to go towards him. So he just falls on the ground and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, but like every game you'll see him do something like unbelievable, like whether it's in the field, whether it's at the plate, like a base running thing. It, he, and he's just an awesome dude all around. He seems like one of those guys that has like an extremely vibrant personality, like his energy is mm-hmm. infectious. That's mm-hmm. the kind of vibe I got from him from the interview. He's one of those guys that like always needs to be doing something. He just can't be, you know. Oh like, yeah, for sure. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of energy, man. Like let's say that like a pitcher's dominating, nobody can touch him throughout the game. He can't just mm-hmm. stand there at shortstop. You're going to be continuously walking around trying mm-hmm. to keep himself occupied. Yeah, and and the best part is he's such a good teammate as well. Like if I'm out there and. I'm having a rough time, something like that. He'll he'll be the guy to be like, hey, like you can do this, like let's go, like uh, like and like kind of like show that support, make it feel like that you're not just on an island in the middle of the field, like by yourself, which is something that's really important, especially for relievers when you're coming in a game, whether it's just one, or usually it's just one or two innings, you feel like you're only out there for a certain amount of time, and you, and you want to make the best of it. So being able to know like. Yeah, that that the like him reminding me like that guy that like I can do this you I I got your back stuff like that it's it's really reassuring. Mm-hmm. Next guy is what I like to call he kind of gave himself this nickname but I kind of went with it he called himself a stallion in the outfield Cole Brandon. Oh Cole, that man covers more ground than anybody. <laughs> I swear there, there will be balls that you're just like, oh, that's that's out of play. He will come out of nowhere and get it. He's a great guy. I mean, um, and it's funny because we relate to a lot of uh, stuff on like when I started the Letters by Lucci thing on social media a little recently, Cole, who's very religious, um, puts a Bible verse on his uh, Instagram every day just to kind of help inspire people, help like uh, – have people come closer to the Lord and it's, it's something that's helped me as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever met a more like, like genuine guy. He's just so nice. He loves the, he loves the kids. He loves the fans. He'll always be giving balls out and like, like they all love him. And then the best part is he like, 
he stands out in the crowd because he's got a huge beard and a lot of mm-hmm. flow. So a lot yeah. of hair coming out of there. And um, yeah, I've, I've known Cole for a couple of years now. Um, we were pretty close with Alex Scherf before he got traded. So us three would do a lot together. Um, and so, yeah, it was uh, it, it, he's he's a very good guy. and I'm grateful to have him as a teammate. I, um, I remember when I did my interview with him, it was right when you guys reported down to Florida. For, mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was training camp or whatever it was, but it was the first day he had reported down and I was ready. I was with my buddy, um, Adam, we were going to do the interview together. And then he's just like, Hey, I kind of got to change some plans. My roommate's sleeping. I don't want to wake him up. So we, he <laughs> did the, he was, he could have just like canceled it off and said, you know, we can reschedule for another time. No, this mm-hmm. man went out into his car, sat in his car for an hour just yeah. so he could still do the interview with us. He's one of those people that will go above and beyond for others. And and that's something you got to appreciate because it's very rare in this day and age. Mm-hmm, exactly. And what you were talking about with like the Bible verses and everything, mm-hmm. like I'll be going through your Instagram stories. I'm going through his and a couple other guys on the team and like just seeing those kinds of things. It's always mm-hmm. like, I see it when I need it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know that I need it, but then you yeah. sit there and you think about like the stories you post and the Bible receipt post, and I'm like, yeah, I needed to hear that today. Yeah, you it's know? it's really nice, too, because, like, you never know who you're going to impact with that stuff. Like, a lot of people will, like, look up to, like, sometimes a lot of baseball players can take it for granted, but we don't realize how many people's lives we impact. Like, how many people look up to us and stuff. And, um, yeah, him being able to do that is something that I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that look at it and they're like, that really helped me today. Mm-hmm. No, you can consider me one of those people. <laughs> but the final guy that we got to talk about is I'd consider him a little bit of a journeyman this year. Played for three teams, jumped mm-hmm. up with you guys a little late. One of your good friends, Will Dalton. Will Dalton is uh, – another one of those people that like me is really close to my heart, man. We, we live together and he, we, we've been through a lot together, man. Like uh, I, I honestly, the reason, like the reason I'm kind of like pausing here is just because there's so many stories that come to mind with us mm-hmm. um, that we, uh, I can't even think of one. I think the funniest one is that one time Will and I in Florida, we went to, um, we went to sushi to get to go get sushi at the beach and there's a very very intoxicated woman there and she comes up to us and starts giving us a motivational speech about how important it is for us to value our lives even though that people may uh make fun of us and we're like thinking about like what do people make fun of us for and she's like just because of the way you live your lives we're like this woman thinks we're a couple and, (laughs) and I think it was my fault. We'll always say it's my fault. I was wearing a purple shirt that day, but yes, this very intoxicated woman comes up to us and she is convinced that we are a couple and uh, we're sitting there in a very awkward situation. And the sad part was it's a really good sushi place and we couldn't even eat. We, we, we were just like, so, we were just so flustered by this woman and she would come to us and like play us like Miley Cyrus and be like, I love this song and just sit there with us. And we are 
we we are just in shock. Like we're laughing sometimes. Sometimes we're getting annoyed, and we're just like that. This lady won't leave us alone. So that's I think the best story that Will and I have oh. uh, have been through. Um, and uh, yeah, Will's been through it all, man. He's been up in Double A, been making. Uh, he's been in. Uh, the, I was honestly surprised he started in Salem, but I was glad he he was up with us soon uh soon after and uh yeah the the guy's a great dude like i said like he's another guy like cole he'll go above and beyond for the people he loves and um yeah i have nothing but great things to say about him seems like he really made a home in greensville throughout the year i mean yeah he was was killing it with you guys for the majority of it got bumped up to double a and did he finish the season with you guys he came back down right Mm -hmm. um yes he came back down uh shortly after and uh, there was one game. Oh, it was amazing. I uh, it was after I, I came into pitch and um, I came in with uh, a man on first and second. And it's against um, Greensboro, who mm-hmm. they're they're a good team. And uh, there's this uh, their their leadoff hitter is hitting really well. And I'm trying to battle to get out each each at bat is like an absolute war, basically. And um, I, uh, I have three, two on their nine hitter and I throw a fastball um, inside. And I thought it was a strike. He didn't think it was a strike. It was a ball. We uh, he walks. Bases are loaded. And it was the first time I, I, I never try and show up an umpire or anything. But it was the first time I was like, come on. And uh, the next batter, a slider, slips out of my hands, and he uh, hits a grand slam off me. And I was like, damn. So we eventually get out of the inning, and uh, this day that is on, it's not my place to say it, but it's a very important day or a very emotional day in Will's life. And um, Will comes in, and we're down by two runs now, I believe. And Will hits a three-run homer. We eventually lose the game, but it it, it was just like uh, I I had like a feeling I was like Will's gonna do something big here. And the 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 opposing pitcher before I came in was taught like said something or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Will goes like, "Keep that energy, okay." And so his next at bat is when he hit the homer, and we're just like, "That's that guy." Like it like that's that's Will. As if like. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. You better watch out. Mm-hmm. Dude, those are the games. Even even if you lose, like, where your mm-hmm. opponent's trying to get in your head and you just show them up like that. Oh, for those sure. Those are the games you live for as a baseball mm-hmm. player. Absolutely. How, how does that feel on the pitching side when, you know, either, well, a batter's, you know, talking a lot mm-hmm. and you finally get to them? Oh, it's, it, it's the best feeling ever. I, I think – from my personal opinion, um, I, I love I, I love the chatter like that, like not like going out of your way to be like rude to someone else, mm-hmm. but the competitive passion that people say, like, like you 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 know how like guys like Tatis Acuna, how those guys play, how Amir Garrett, the reliever for the Reds, how he plays, like just chattering at each other, just make like it just shows your passion for the game. Like, I, I, like if you hit a home run off me, bat flip it all you want. Congrats, you hit a home run. But just know if I strike you out, 
you're coming I'm back. Gonna, I'm going to let you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I think that's important in today's day and age because we, we can't be sensitive when it comes to sports. Like it's sports, it's competition. It's like mm-hmm. you're going at someone else. So being able to like use that and have that passion and stuff like that, it, it's what makes the game that much better. Mm-hmm. And not even just that. It's just like with sports, like especially football now. You know, taunting penalties mm-hmm. got thrown up yeah. in the air this year. And mm-hmm. it's killing because as fans, you just want to see a little bit of competitive spirit. It exactly. Makes the game intensity go from like a two to a seven, just like that. We've just seen a little bit of intensity, but now that's 15 yards. That's the thing is like when it, it the like I always try and think of it is that I'm not working, I'm playing a game. But when we have, when we take out the competitive edge, the passion and stuff like that, the thing showing your emotions sometimes, that's when it becomes work. Yeah, uh, that's something that I, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm never gonna do. Like, I can't do that. Bro, that I, I completely agree with you, man. It just, it just ruins. It doesn't ruin the game, but it just makes it a little bit more boring. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just from a fan's perspective. I can't even imagine from like a true player's perspective. Yeah, you, you want to be able to like, like you, you've loved this game. Like I've loved this game since I was four years old. I want to be able to play it the way I want. I want to play it, you know. And and obviously, I understand that there's a line that 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 there can't be crossed, uh, that you can't cross. Yeah. But um, if you are able to understand that line and and not cross it, then just be able to play the game and have that passion. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And this is a question that I didn't have written down. But I kind of want to ask. So you say you always say that you know the big the game of baseball isn't work for you. It's fun. You're just enjoying mm-hmm. a kids game, and you're fortunate enough to do that for a career. What's um, what's for the cards for you after your baseball career is over? Um, so one thing I, I I'm really passionate about is also the letters by Lucci thing. I I, I love helping people um I, I love like talking to people helping them with their problems just doing doing everything i can to like kind of spread positivity in this world um so one thing i kind of realized is um at first I, I i obviously want to go back to school and get my degree i promised my mom i would <laughs> um but i think i would really love to be some sort of sports psychiatrist or, or psychologist um just to be able to help athletes with the problems they face because even though we are playing a game it's a very like mentally taxing game regardless of if it's basketball football baseball and when you get to the higher levels you have whole cities behind you you have people that are dming you like saying like you stink or something like that or probably some much worse stuff Mm-hmm. And um, that takes a toll on you, like the pressure, like of having like a whole city behind you or something like that. Because, um, I mean, I grew up like I, I'm still a Eagles fan, like uh, a Sixers fan. Like I, I'm yeah. passionate about those teams, and uh, like I know that a, a, a lot of people don't really think about how those players as individuals that they're individuals they go about their lives they it's they have like the same emotions as everybody else they go through the same stuff as everyone else and i know what the what what's something that needs to be understood is that all athletes go through something 
Uh, even though they're getting, some of them are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. They all go through something. So whenever athletes have like trouble, if I was being, uh, if I have the opportunity to be able to help them through that and help them like, just look at them, have a more positive outlook on life. That's something that would mean a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to get into that a little bit too. So I know the season was very long, very strenuous, very busy for you, but talk to me a little bit about the letters by Lucci page. What's the goals? Not the off season is coming. What are the goals for that page for you? Oh yeah. I, um, so obviously it was a little harder to do during the season. Kind of had to take a little like gas off the pedal, Mm -hmm. um, focusing on baseball, but I definitely want to hop back into it. A couple things that I, I would really like to do is, um, I, I love running, um, like doing long distance running. I think it's really good for like your mental standpoint, being able to push yourself and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking of maybe trying to do a couple like half marathons or something and, um, have people pledge to like, um, to raise money for the letters by Lucci page. Um, I'm still making the t-shirts obviously like the one you're wearing. Gotta love it. Gotta Mm -hmm. love it. Well, I don't post um, these videos on um, YouTube anymore. It's just a Spotify thing, so they mm-hmm. can't see it. But I will have a link oh. in the description for all of the Letters by Lucci merch that's out, like the one I'm wearing, which is a great T-shirt that says Be Uncommon Against the Uncommon. Well, honestly, my favorite shirt that you got, this shirt. And plus, it's extremely comfy. It's so comfy. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm going to continue with the merch. Got some more... Uh, ideas colors coming out stuff like that and um yeah just i've got to continue the videos um i think the the coolest thing was that throughout this year i had even though i couldn't make the videos as much a lot of inspiration was sparked throughout the year so i have a bunch of like notes written down like maybe we can talk about this one day that one day so it's not as hard to just be like wait and um think of like inspiration like just kind of i i, I kind of have a list now of like things i can talk about which is good mm-hmm. do you think that break really kind of um well break you were busy with this uh season and everything but you think a little break away from the page really inspired you to create more um i don't think the inspiration i had for it ever really left i think it was just uh kind of hard to be able to like go out and and do it during the time where we're at the field 75% of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it it was, it was a little strenuous trying to fit in time for it, which is why I took a little break from it, but the inspiration was never left. There's never been a time where I didn't want to continue doing it or, or even second guessed it. Mm hundred percent. So um, talk to me a little bit about a game day schedule for you. Let's say you have a game, it's a night game. Let's say you have a night mm-hmm. game. Around what time do you show up to the field? What goes on um, from the time you show up to first pitch? How does that mm-hmm. whole schedule look for you? How long are you truly at the ball field on a game day? Um, so we usually get there uh, around anywhere. It depends on if we have BP or not, but anywhere around um, 1 to 3 o'clock. And when we get there, there's usually meals for us Order the meals we'll uh uh we'll get uh in the training room get some rehab if we need anything for me it's usually like the arm the shoulder 
other guys usually uh, like legs or stuff like that, position players usually. Um, and then after that, we um, get stretched. We usually do a, a minor lift before we head out there just um, to get like some sort of workout in and stuff like that, keep the blood flowing, all that. And then we go out to throw um, usually around 2 to 3.30, something like that. And um, that's when we, we, we go warm up, uh, get everything moving, throw like plyo balls and stuff like that. And um, we uh, like basically practice our throwing. Um, after that, usually we'll have like a little, if it's at home, we'll have like a team fundamental, like a little practice type thing. And then we'll get into BP. And after BP, we'll go back in um, either like if you didn't do your lift yet, you'll do your lift then or you'll uh, just kind of get like you have more time to get rehab done or something like that or just get ready for the game. And then um, usually after that, we just have a, a little bit of time to ourselves to get ready, shower, um, and then we will be uh, we get dressed and then it's game time. So you show up a good five to six hours before game time just to get prepared for everything. Yep. Jeez, that is I, – I knew you guys had to show up like a couple hours early. That's nuts. I didn't think it was that much. Yeah, it's long days, man. But it's nice because sometimes you get – like you, most of the days you get home. Um, we usually get home at around 11 or 11.30. And then you can just pass out and sleep in the next day. <laughs> All right. So um, now that we're in the off season, I know you said you start the Arizona Fall League soon. Talk to me a little bit about that. What's the game plan for that? And is there any like specific things in your game you're going to try and focus on while you're there? Um, so yeah, first of all, it is an absolute honor to go there. I, I got the call uh, a couple weeks before the end of the season that I was going. Um, and yeah, I, I head over, uh, we're playing with the Scottsdale Scorpions. I don't know a hundred percent who else from the Red Sox is going. I have an idea, so won't say that on, um, uh, because like, uh, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I'll, I'll head over there October 7th and then, um, honestly just going out there and competing is, is, is all I really want. I know there's going to be a lot of great talent out there. And, uh, my biggest goal is just to try and make a little more of a name for myself and, uh, go out and compete and show what I can do. Um, and then after that, I'll, um, I'm lucky enough to have, our pitching coordinator, Chris Mears, is my pitching coach out there. And um, when we're all done, we'll probably sit down, talk about what I need to work on for the offseason. And um, I'm not sure if uh, what their plan is for our throwing schedule. Might put a ball down for a week or two, might not. Um, and then after that, just absolutely get after it and get ready for 2022. Mm-hmm. And I remember the last time we talked, you talked about kind of your training schedule in the off season, how mm -hmm. it's a five day week, your nine to five kind of thing. Are you excited to get back into that schedule, even though it's a little more relaxed than what you're used to on the road? Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited first because uh, obviously the days are long. The workouts that we do during the season aren't as strenuous. So I'm very excited to hit the gym again and like, 
hit it hard, be able to do some real full workouts and stuff like that. Um, and I'll, uh, also just really excited to see the people that I uh, work out with on the off season as well. I know a lot of our guys that we like, we have like kind of a community there where I work out and uh, I know a lot of them have great seasons. So it'll be really nice to see all those guys again. Yeah, it'll be great to catch up with some hometown friends. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have a lightning round of questions that I have to ask you. Just, I need the first answer that pops into your head. All right. Oh, I'm not good at these. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First, All right. what's the favorite city you visited? Greenville, man. Greenville was a blast. All right. Who is the most famous person you've ever met and were you starstruck? Oh, should it be a baseball player or a non-baseball player? Either. Just the most famous person. Uh... I've, I'll say I've never really been starstruck, um, but the closest I got was when I like I grew up watching Chris Sale and basically with because he's with our organization, uh, I got to meet him and um, he's a fantastic guy by the way. Like I, we uh, I, I rehabbed my ankle at the beginning of the season and uh, he was there, and um, yeah, he's he's just an awesome dude. I love him. What's the next question? Oh, and some of these are like completely non-baseball related. So, yeah. greatest song of all time. Nice for what by Drake. Of all time, really? Of all time, yeah. That oh. that song will make get me dancing any day, any day. <laughs> okay. You're stuck on a desert island with one of your teammates. Which teammate will most likely help you survive? Will Dalton. <laughs> really? Why is that? Yeah. That dude, could you could plant him in the middle of the woods with a pocket knife and he'll find his way home. Honestly, I don't doubt that. He seems yeah. like that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, who is the funniest teammate you have? Chase Sugar. Chase Sugar. Why is that? He's just a clown. He's, he's so funny. He's just like, he's always doing something like goofy or something like that or saying something or messing with somebody. Mm. Favorite childhood TV show? Drake and Josh. Thank you. All right. That's the only right <laughs> answer for people our age. Final question. <laughs> Who was your childhood crush? Oof. Um, you got to say uh, Alexandra Daddario. She was. I don't. Do you know who that is? I I feel I should, but I don't. She was. Did you ever watch the Percy Jackson movies? Yes. She's the girl with the beautiful blue eyes in those. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I love her. Not not a bad answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so that's all I got for that. Uh, let's go on because I'm filming a actual podcast for talking about the Red Sox team tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So give me a little insight on our Red Sox team right now. What's your opinions? Obviously, we just lost two. Is the game going on right now? I can't remember if the game's going on or if it's later tonight. I can't remember. But we just lost two to the Yankees. Give me your insight on the Red Sox team right now. I think I, I think we faced a lot of adversity this year. I mean, we, we had a bunch of guys get COVID at one point. Um mm-hmm. Like my buddy Cutter Crawford, he was he started in Double A. He made his debut this year. So a lot of unexpected adversity that we faced. Um, but we're the Red Sox, man. We never we 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 never 
we never not there's it's never a smooth sailing like the Yankees or anything like that. We we always got little bumps in the road, but we always know how to get through it. So mm-hmm. I think the Red Sox can well, whatever happens, I think we'll be able to make the playoffs. And I think we'll be able to make a run for it always. Hundred percent. Now I always said with this team, right? I did not think the team was going to be as good as it ended up turning out. I'll admit I was wrong. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest things that I saw about this team comparable was 2003. Mm-hmm. This team is the cowboy up Red Sox. We need our Kurt Schilling. We Kurt need Schilling. that next guy. And I was hoping the guy would be Scherzer. Obviously, that didn't work out. But I think Chris Sale is our Pedro. The way he's come mm-hmm. back and now he's not like prime, prime Chris Sale right now. Do I think he can get back to that? Absolutely. But I mean, he's just come off a year and a half, two years of not playing. But mm-hmm. Chris Sale's our Pedro. We need our shilling. We get that World Series contender easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so, man. I, 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 Being around some of these guys, you just you realize <clears throat> how passionate they are and how good they are. And, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll always believe in them, no matter what. So uh, I'm really excited to see what they do. And, uh, yeah, hope for the best. Hope for another ring. Dude, and me too. And I've got so many people saying, like, especially last year, a bunch of my friends were like, oh, the Red Sox suck. How can you still root for them? You just were with them because they're a bandwagon, because you're a bandwagoner and you're just <laughs> like Boston sports because they're always good. I'm like, A, my family's from Massachusetts. I've been a ride or die since day one. I've had no choice because my family probably would disown to me if I liked anything <laughs> but Boston sports. Two, I have a podcast on it. Why would I change teams? Yeah, I was about, I was about to say, I'd be like, it'd be pretty weird to be a bandwagon and then have a podcast about that bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, I will never, until the day they bury me in the ground, I will never betray Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, or Patriots, even though we're not going to talk about the Patriots game today. That was, that was brutal, we'll say the least. Jameis Winston, out of all people. I uh, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to ruin my karma because we play Dallas this week. So I'm just going to – when it comes to football, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because I need hey, the Eagles to, to win or hey. I'm going to go into depression. <laughs> that's, that's, my next, that's my next question. So save that, save that for about two more minutes. Okay. But I – so – um, it was funny you mentioned Cutter Crawford too. I've been trying to get that dude on the show. He seems like such a cool guy. Yeah. Like I can't wait to see what he does with this team. I think he has some true major league potential in all honesty. I, I, I agree that, that I'm not super close with him. Like we've talked and stuff like that. Really nice guy mm-hmm. works his butt off, man. Like that, that dude, like he went through Tommy John, um, and he just like every uh, I was he w- he went through Tommy John right when I got with the Red Sox. So I just saw him in the gym every day, working his butt off, rehab, lifting, all that stuff. And just being able to see him come back is something that that's pretty awesome to see as from, from an outside perspective. And also, like, he's one of those guys where it's just he places every any pitch anywhere he wants mm-hmm. it's awesome and um yeah being able to watch that it's like watching like art it's really cool so i i agree i think he will he will be 
uh, something great for this team. And I can't wait to see him back up in the bigs again. Mm -hmm. And to see how our farm system went from 2018, where we kind of had, I wouldn't say no farm system, but it definitely wasn't Mm -hmm. like a top farm system in the, in the league to what we have now between even the guys down in Greenville, some of the crazy Mm -hmm. potential those guys have to some of the guys who are just making their debut now, you know, Cutter Crawford, Jaron Duran, you know, all those guys and anyone in between, it's kind of crazy to see how much potential we have. And I'm kind of just thinking, how are we going to fit all these guys in come two to three years? when We only got Mm -hmm. 26 spots in the major league roster. (laughs) It is wild, man. And it's, uh, it, it, it's a blessing, but it, it's like, like you'd rather have like too many guys to deal with than none at all. So hundred percent. I mean, I mean, yeah, there are some guys like, like we, we, we face each other in spring training or in our squads and stuff. And I'm like, these are some really good baseball players. Like, uh, I mean, I, and I'm really excited to see where we go. I think we're in a really good spot for the upcoming future. And we're just a great organization filled with great guys. And like, so um, can't, can't really do too much wrong with that. Man, I can't wait. So I kind of need your inside the Red Sox organization. I don't know if you can answer this, but I have to ask anyway. Mm-hmm. True or false, the Lowell Spinners will be part of the Red Sox organization next year. So first, I'm not quite sure if I can um, like answer that. So, but second, I don't even know anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, I've heard rumors about it, but I yeah, like like I said, I, I don't know for sure anything. So I uh, I did really like playing in Lowell. So if they bring that back, that would all be awesome. It was a great place to be. So we'll just have to see, man. Bro, I need that team back. That team, <laughs> like I said, that team was my childhood memories. That's yeah. a team that I went to the ballpark and I'm like, I fell in love with it from such a young age, you know, and to not have that team with the Red Sox anymore, mm-hmm. it's kind of a crusher throughout this year. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I can't remember who said it. It was either Will or Cole in our interview they're like yeah i expect the team to be back this was like at the beginning of the season but they said yeah i expect the team to be back i really hope they are Man, yeah I hope so too that team uh yeah no i mean it was a great place to play so if that's another if that's another um like affiliate in the upcoming future i don't think there would be a single person who'd be upset about it okay so i have to ask which did you enjoy more i'll say i'll say weather wise which did you enjoy more, playing baseball up in Lowell or playing baseball down in Greenville? Um, I mean, honestly, they were both pretty similar when it came to the weather, both really hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I got to say, the city of Greenville for a first full season was a blast. Like, uh, it, it was great people there. Like, the fans that came out were, like, uh, it, it was electric. Like, we'd go to, like, hickory north carolina and there would be like no one there and then we'd come back to greenville and there would be like seven eight nine thousand people there it was mm-hmm. it, it was fantastic and um like i said yeah great people there it's a fun city we had, we had a great time going out and stuff and uh yeah so great great place i was uh, i really loved greenville all right so i got two more questions for you then i'll let you go because mm-hmm. i know i've had you on for about 
an hour now. I don't want to waste too much of your time. But Oh, no, dude, no worries. But it is football Sunday. Right? We were talking about this a little bit. So, mm-hmm. A, if you have one, how's your fantasy team looking this year? B, uh, per, oh, sorry, continue. B, what's the score going to be of the Cowboys-Eagles game tonight? C, what do you think of the Eagles so far? Because I remember the last time we talked, you said, and I quote, the Eagles are going to mess up this draft choice somehow, and that <laughs> they always mess up their draft choices. So I need you to answer those three questions for me. All right, so A, I have two fantasy teams. The first one has uh, isn't with my brother uh, and all of his friends because they needed an extra guy. Mm-hmm. Team didn't start out too hot, not going to lie. And I'm not trying to jinx it either, but we're doing pretty good today. Okay. Um, my other league is just a bu- like a bunch of my buddies. Um, we have a great time. We like we all like talking trades with each other, and everybody argues and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. my team's pretty good in that one, so I'm very I'm very happy about that. It stunk though. I was facing one of, like one of my best friends in this whole world, and I uh, was winning by like the entire time by a lot. And then Derrick Henry, the running back for the Titans, decides to come out and score four touchdowns and, like, run for, like, 150 yards, and he comes back and beats me. And I'm just sitting there like, are you kidding me right now? Anyway, don't want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But so to be – so Eagles-Cowboys tomorrow in in Dallas. Going to have to – yeah, it's tomorrow. It's Monday night. Oh. Yeah, Monday Night Football. It's gonna be a tough one. Like, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna I'm gonna be nervous because it's in Dallas. Um, but I think one thing that I I know is Jalen Hurts is a leader, and I think that they've been having some even in um the loss that they've been having some really good like connections. It seems like it's a family and stuff like that, and like a really passionate team. So they can go into this rivalry with that dog mentality i think they'll come out on top and i'll predict the score to be um let's say 24 to 13 Ooh. um and see um i was uh, the the reason that i thought they were going to screw up the jet draft choice was because i thought they weren't going to get devonte smith and i really wanted us to get devonte smith but they didn't screw it up so we're good, and I'm very happy with this Eagles team now. I remember watching the draft. I was working that night, but I was hanging out with some of my college friends, and I'm sitting there like, how are the Eagles going to mess this one up? And then they actually got Devonta Smith. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, Brendan Salucci would be proud. <laughs> I'm, I am very, I'm very proud, and I'm excited for this team this year. It's uh, they're, they're looking good so far. Mm-hmm. I honestly can't wait, but – I'm not going to lie, right? In the one fantasy league I'm in, um, I had to do an auto draft because I was working the night they decided to draft. Oh, that's um, tough. My auto draft, this computer, really, really, really liked the Cowboys, apparently. And really? the top three picks were Zeke, Dak, Amari Cooper. Wow, that's not bad. That's not a bad team. Hey, week one, we didn't do too bad, and I. Best best team in the in my league, right? Week two. Yeah, yeah Dak decided not to show up. So <laughs> Amari Cooper went absolutely off the first week. The first it was week, ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. And but Zeke decided to do nothing. 
Yeah. <laughs> I ended up fixing the team a little bit. I made a, we'll say at best questionable decision to mm-hmm. um, bench Dak this week. And oh. I decided to start Daniel Jones. Wow. <laughs> Interesting call. It was. Well, let's it, see how that goes. It didn't go well. I'll say that. Really? It didn't go well. I it didn't was, see how did the Giants do this week. They lost 17-14. Oh, tough. But I also just traded for Saquon, and Saquon went off. So not the end of the world. Good stuff. Good no. stuff. But the final question I got for you, and as always, it's always fun to sit here and just talk baseball with you. Once again, mm-hmm. we'll we'll end up coming back at like the end of the season next year, doing the same kind of thing, getting yeah, of course on everything. Because I can't wait. Because my prediction is next year, you're going to end the season. I don't know where you're going to start, but I'm saying you're going to end the season in either Portland or Bata, or in Worcester. All right. That's, that's my prediction. And I, mm-hmm. I have full confidence that you'll make it there. No doubt. Thank in my you. Mind. I appreciate that. So final question that I got for you. So I don't know if you remember, but about a month ago, I sent you a message. Now, um, I've already told the fans about this, but packed up all my stuff, moved out to Denver, right? Mm-hmm. Cross-country trip to somewhere I've never been before to pursue my career. And I asked you and I said, because there are some people that still doubt me and they're like, oh, that's as far as you're going to get. You're lucky you even got this. Yeah. How do you go about that? Because, I mean, with all the scouting reports that come out, like you said, mm-hmm. people hating on you online – how do you deal with those people constantly saying you're at your peak and not going to go any further? Um, well, I just look at it as, first of all, when it comes down to it, the only opinion that matters is yours. Like bet on yourself every time. Um, and then I, um, I have like a, a, this meta, like, like metaphorical, like circle. And those are the people, the people that are in that circle are those that were with me at my low points in life. I've been through like some, like uh, I've had my ups and downs in life and the downs have been pretty far down sometimes. Um, But the people that are there for those downs, the people that don't treat me differently when I'm in those downs, um, like honestly, like what, what I'll be, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, I was like a busser at one point before I went to college like I, I didn't even know if I was going to like get into college um, because I, I, I had done like, I'm not going to lie, but I had made some stu- stupid decisions in my life, mm-hmm. but the people that were don't treat me differently from when I was a busser to when I'm a professional baseball player, those are the people whose words can affect my life. Anybody else's words, they can't affect my life. I don't care what anybody else thinks besides that. And when you had sent that to me, that was like two days before I had to leave. And honestly, that was what I needed to hear. Because mm-hmm. I have quite a few people who I had known who were just like, oh, congrats, you know, you're, you got the job, but you're lucky to get that far. You know, I had some, I had like two or three people tell me that. And that was just like, I usually don't let that stuff get to me, but that was like a constant nagging in my head. And that was something that I really needed to hear of just you know, trust yourself and trust the people that you have around you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And that's, and that's why I kind of talk about when I talk about like the letters of by Lucci and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like that stuff really makes a difference. Some people, and 
Yeah. Like I said, thank you for that. Cause that really, of course helped me. But I mean, like, like I said, man, that's the stuff I'm passionate about. That's what I want to do when I'm done baseball or even when I'm playing during when I'm playing baseball. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's why close friend to the show, honestly, close friend of mine, appreciate you. And with that being said, you got anything to say to the fans before we sign off? I, uh, no, I just want to say thank to you guys. Uh, thanks you guys for listening. And, uh, Enjoy Zach Bryant next week. He's a character. (laughs) I know they are. We got him scheduled for next Sunday. Same time, same place, hopefully. But like I said, let's just relax the rest of the day because I'm a busy guy. I work crazy. So I'm going to sit down, relax for us. They want some good football tonight. I don't know about you. But that being said, huge thank you to Brendan for being on. Thank you to the fans. God bless you guys. Let's roll that out. I'll see you guys. It's beautiful Late night crew You're uno numero We all ask the feelings mutual She had me until her funeral And you won't say yes, say yes It's true Cause you like that I might fall for you Under late night covers There's the truth Yeah, what you do You got me singing Say yes, say yes, it's true Cause you like